Hi, everybody. Cheryl Ackeson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Ackeson podcast on justthenews.com. I hope you'll check out all of the Just the News podcasts. You can go to justthenews.com and see the list of them on the homepage. Today, we are going to look at a very strange adverse event from a fairly widely used medicine and what it implicates about environmental factors affecting behavior and sexual identity. To begin with, it's important that I separate this discussion today from any political or moral discussion surrounding things like transgender issues, gender fluidity, gender confusion, or anything remotely related to these topics. I try not to say a whole lot about topics that I haven't looked into or investigated, and those are nothing that I have researched deeply. I'm not advocating for or against anything. I'm not supporting or challenging something on those issues. And it's necessary to say these things in today's highly charged environment, where propagandists look to seize upon anything and everything they can to controversialize those of us who report things that are off the preferred narrative for whatever reason. So that having been said, I'm going to discuss a story that I've delved into twice, once at CBS News and once at my current program, Full Measure. Like a lot of great stories, when I first got tips about this one and started hearing about it, there are details that sounded hard to believe. I hadn't heard about anything like this. And I usually start out with stories in those instances, skeptically not believing them, and then I slowly look for any evidence that shows the details might actually be true. Some might think that's a backwards way to go about investigating a story, but I actually find it's a great critical thinking skill and a solid journalistic exercise. And in the end, details of allegations involving this story proved credible. And as time passed, you'll see they ended up proven. So this surrounds a disorder called gynecomastia, something I had never heard of, and an antipsychotic medicine called Risperdal or Risperdone, widely used in autistic children who aren't psychotic, but do have behaviors that some say can be controlled with use of the medicine. So what is gynecomastia? Gynecomastia is defined as male breast tissue swelling due to reduced male hormones, testosterone, or increased female hormones, estrogen, and causes, if you look this up, gynecomastia include puberty, aging, medications, and health conditions that affect hormones. In short, what this is, is boys or men growing what look like female breasts. And it's pretty shocking. I mean, not all of the cases are large breasts of a woman, but some of them are. I saw pictures of a young boy who, due to taking medicine, allegedly grew a female-looking breast at age five and only on one side. Imagine what this does to a child or to a man. But the best explanation to start with, I think, is to play my brief story from CBS News from May of 2009. Remember on the evening news, we have a pretty short period of time, just a minute or two. I mean, Back in the day, maybe I could get three minutes to tell a story, an investigative story. That's not long to tell a complicated story, but we'll start with that. 
John is 19 years old. That's him with his niece. We've chosen not to show his face. That's my baby. When John was just seven, he began taking Risperdal for ADD. Let me stop there for just a minute because you can't see the pictures, but this is a young African-American man who's a teenager. He's quite large, and we've blurred out his face for the story. The story's about him. When John was just seven, he began taking Risperdal for ADD. Even though the FDA approved the drug only for adult patients who are psychotic, John's doctor and others widely prescribed it to kids for less severe behavior problems. <laughs> Once taking Risperdal, John's mom says he became aggressive, sleepy, and developed bowel problems. But the biggest shock came when he was 14 and started developing women's breasts. For a 14-year-old boy, that has to be horribly embarrassing. He asked me, was he a girl? He asked if he was a girl. He tried to put on his sister's bra. These photos show John's out-of-control breast growth. It turns out Risperdal can increase production of a hormone called prolactin, which stimulates breast growth. It's called gynecomastia, and it's irreversible. Risperdal and other so-called atypical antipsychotics have exploded in use. Hundreds of thousands of kids have been prescribed Risperdal in the 14 years it's been on sale, most of them long before the FDA approved it for very limited pediatric use. John and most of the other children weren't psychotic at all, but were given Risperdal for behavior disorders, including autism and ADD. It's about as bad a thing as a boy can get, but I can imagine. Attorney Stephen Scheller is suing Janssen, which makes Risperdal. He claims Janssen marketed Risperdal for unapproved uses in children, downplayed serious risks like diabetes and seizures, and breast growth wasn't even mentioned under warnings, but was buried under precautions in obscure terms. I want to stop there for just a minute. So on this label, it did mention gynecomastia. But if you're a parent looking through, if you even happen to look through this really, really long label for any medicine, you're just probably not going to know what that is. I wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't have paid too much attention to it. But it is there on the label as something that could happen. It's just that I think most people overlook it. Jansen wouldn't agree to an interview, but told us the breast growth risk is clearly stated in the FDA-approved labeling, and we only promote our products for their FDA-approved indications. Nobody knows how often it happens, but in Jansen's own clinical trials with fewer than 2,000 children, 43 developed the abnormal breasts. Okay, listen to this again. That's a pretty big number for a scientific study. This was the information that of 1,885 children in a clinical trial, 43 of them are said to have developed abnormal breasts when they were testing uh, Risperdal. Shella represents John and nine other boys, including this one who was only four when he developed a breast on one side and began producing milk. This child has had mastectomies. The treatment for the unbridled breast growth is as unthinkable as the disorder, painful removal of the breasts. Eventually, the boys can appear normal again. Here's the four-year-old after surgery and John after a double mastectomy. The family's lawsuit is still in court. Did the surgery fix all of his problems no. from the medicine? No. He still thinks he's a yes. girl. As for Risperdal, it's still on the market, and families say putting even more children at risk. Cheryl is in CBS News, Philadelphia. Okay, let me close that by saying 
a lot of people do say the drug works and swear by it. So the other side of the story, like a lot of medicines, vaccines, whatever you may be looking at, even if they have side effects and problems, they may help a lot of people. So this is not a global statement of some kind. It's just looking at this very odd and little known side effect. And something else, we didn't really have time to explore much in this brief CBS News story, but at the end when we said even having the double mastectomy did not cure this young man's problem, the mom said he still thinks he's a girl. Now that got me thinking a lot about, you know, according to the mom, he was completely normal in terms of his thinking and his sexuality prior to taking the medicine and growing breasts. And it makes sense, I guess, if there has been a permanent change that even with the surgery to remove the physical attributes, it doesn't mean that the child has changed inside and gone back to what was his normal. But again, it got me thinking, so a medicine can allegedly take a child who wasn't having any issues and not only give them physical issues, but mental and emotional issues, uh, including making a boy feel like or think that he is a girl. Again, not so much, according to the mom, a naturally occurring event, not something that the child was born with, but according to the parents, something that was brought on. And it hadn't occurred to me really until this point that something that you take or eat or medicine or something in the water or the air could change the way somebody feels about their sexuality. And again, of course, this may not explain very many cases in which people have gender identity issues, but it surely seems to me that it's something that should be considered, particularly if you seem to have a proliferation of something or an expansion of a syndrome that didn't exist before. We would want to know, are any of these cases or is any of it caused by environmental factors like supposedly the case with Risperdal? Back with more, including my full measure story on the same topic done a couple of years later when more information was known right after a short break. We're back. Everyone knows that medicine has saved countless lives. In fact, civilization might not exist today without it. But in the most prescribed country in the world, the U.S., prescription drugs are also at the same time a leading cause of death. According to Harvard University's Center for Ethics, every year properly prescribed drugs in the U.S. cause about, get this, 2.74 million serious adverse drug reactions and about 128,000 fatalities. Let me say that again. According to Harvard University's Center for Ethics, each year, properly prescribed drugs in the U.S. cause 2.74 million serious adverse drug reactions and about 128,000 fatalities. That's 350 deaths a day. You don't hear much about that, do you? And I do think it's possible and necessary to discuss some of the problems without undermining in the big picture that there are also many benefits to the same thing, to medicine. I sort of liken it to when I covered the story about Ford and Firestone and the Ford rollovers on Firestone tires years ago. Well, just because I did those stories doesn't mean I'm anti-tires or anti-Ford or anti-Ford explorers. It just means that 
everybody should be looking for the same thing, that their tires should be as safe as possible, that any problems exposed with the tires should be addressed. And it's the same when you're covering medicine and drugs and vaccines, but too often, because primarily of well-funded propaganda efforts, it's presented as an all or nothing that you cannot explore alleged problems or safety issues with these products because then you're somehow anti the product or undermining it. Well, that's not true. With every other facet of our life, we understand that there is good and there is room for improvement, and both of those things can be true at the same time. But anyway, in 2014, let's talk about how much money is at stake. The world's top 10 pharmaceutical firms pulled in $429 billion in revenue, and their profits, according to some numbers I found, which were not all that easy to find, by the way, their profits ranged from 10 to 43%. So with all of that money at stake, I think it's easy to see why we don't always get the whole truth about a drug product's risks. In recent years, big drug companies have paid over $13 billion to resolve federal civil and criminal allegations of fraud, many involving popular and widely used drugs. And I'll bet you haven't heard much about it because the dynamics are such that even though many times it's the Department of Justice bringing these cases and making the charges and getting the settlements, there's not a lot of reporting about it. There's all kinds of reasons for that, and I've talked about some of that in my books that I've written and the discussions that I've had about the news industry. But suffice it to say that there's a lot of financial interest behind not discussing certain things about medicines and vaccines and so on, and it's been largely successful. Once again, this doesn't diminish the very important role that the pharmaceutical industry has played in coming up with treatments and cures, how many people have been helped. This kind of goes without saying, I think, but needs to be said in today's environment, how many people have been helped by all kinds of medicines and treatments. So one thing does not negate the other. But here's the story that I did for full measure about this strange side effect and that drug Risperdal seven years after I first did the story for CBS News when there had been developments. Josh Scholl was in seventh grade when he noticed something upsetting. I'm like, this isn't normal. So I went to my parents and I'm like, hey, I was this lump under my breast. Can you guys check it out? And they felt it and they're like, ooh, that's not right. And so we went to the doctors for it. You were like a 10-year-old kid at the time. Mm-hmm. The pediatrician said not to worry. But Josh's mom knew better. She wondered if one factor could be Risperdal, the prescription medicine Josh had been taking for four years for ticks from Tourette's syndrome. Now, let me mention here, I said this was seven years after I did that first story, and still the mom wasn't aware that this was a side effect. So again, even when these things are mentioned on the label, a lot of doctors either don't know or don't mention it or don't make the connection, and same sometimes with the parents. I'm one who likes to research things, so I got on Google right away and started researching boys and medicines and found a few moms out there who had posted their kids were on Risperdal who also developed lumps. So I called the pediatrician back and said, I want him off this medicine. Again, the pediatrician is not the one who diagnosed this young man. It was the mom doing her own research. And so we stopped it that day. What was the pediatrician's response when you linked the lump in his breast to the medicine? 
I think they just thought I was a paranoid mom and agreed to switch the medicine just to appease me. But uh, I don't know, mom's intuition, I just, I knew something was wrong. How could the medical professionals in this case not make the connection, you kind of wonder? Because by then there had been lawsuits, this had been reported in some places, maybe not widely reported, but I had done a story, and there were lawsuits involving the attorney I had interviewed. And why is it left to a parent to sort of self-diagnose a problem? I don't know. Mom was right. She didn't know it then, but thousands of boys taking Risperdal were growing female breasts. Some of them even produced milk. It's a condition called gynecomastia shown in this unidentified Risperdal patient. It can happen when a male has a spike in a naturally occurring hormone called prolactin. Experts say Risperdal can cause prolactin levels to rise. So again, this got me thinking, this is a medicine that is supposed to impact some very specific things in a child, and it's doing something completely unrelated to their alleged disorders. And I guess that can be true of many medicines and treatments, that you know what you want it to do, but you don't always know what else it might be doing. I remember one of my best friends had a swimming pool, and we would all go to his house and go swimming, and none of them had, like, larger breasts or any lumps or anything. Did you ask your friends, or you just I asked one of them. I asked the best friend if he had, like, ever noticed anything about his breasts, and he's like, no, I never noticed. And I'm just like, oh, okay, it's, it's weird that's happening to me then. He stopped taking the medicine, but the breasts continued to grow. It was um, over, I think, a two-year period where they, they said, wait six months, it'll be gone in six months. While we waited the six months, it continued to grow. Then he noticed the lump in the other side. It turns out there's a dark backstory. At the time, Risperdal, an antipsychotic, wasn't approved for use in children at all. But as federal whistleblowers would later allege, Jansen instructed sales reps to market Risperdal as safe and effective for all kinds of childhood disorders, such as Tourette's, ADD, and autism, knowing it posed serious health risks. Philadelphia attorney Stephen Scheller represents Josh. He tried the first Risperdal case last year, an autistic boy who developed size 46 double D breasts. So the better it's working for you, the more likely you are to grow breasts. Key evidence was this internal document known as Table 21 from the original Risperdal study in 2002. Scheller says it showed 7.8% of Risperdal patients whose prolactin levels shot above normal after 8 to 12 weeks developed prolactin-related side effects like gynecomastia. Janssen insiders seemed concerned in internal documents. How do you want to handle the one significant value, asks a reviewer. This may be notable. I think we need to discuss this somewhere in the manuscript. Instead, the head of the Risperdal study eliminated Table 21, according to Scheller. So let me reiterate that. There was allegedly evidence in the original study. There was a finding that showed this elevated impact on study patients, but instead of disclosing that and addressing it, the company folks involved eliminated that table entirely from the study. He specifically made the decision not to tell the public 
not to tell the doctors, not to tell even the FDA or anybody about this study that they did in 2001 or two that specifically finds the association, even though the law requires it. A year after the original Risperdal study was published without Table 21, Josh was prescribed Risperdal and developed the very problem it seemed to warn about. We saw our child who was this outgoing, happy kid who had all these friends becoming more regressed. He was shy. He stopped going out with his friends, wouldn't take his shirt off at the beach, wouldn't change in front of anybody. Yeah, it was very difficult because uh, me personally, I ran cross country uh, starting my eighth grade year. And so cross country starts in the summer, it gets really hot. So all my friends would take their shirts off and I was self-conscious, I didn't want to take my shirt off. I'm like, oh, it's 90 degrees, but you know, do I want to take my shirt off because I had these breasts and you know, no one else had to make that decision. And then if I did take it off, I felt self-conscious. I was looking around town like, oh, is that person in that car looking at me? You know, is my friends looking at me? You know, it was, it was really bad. Johnson & Johnson had no comment on Josh's case and declined our interview requests. In a statement, the company said it did not withhold any relevant data. As to why Table 21 was left out of the original Risperdal study, a spokesman implied it wasn't relevant because the researchers concluded there was no direct correlation to breast growth in boys. Because there's a lot of us together. together. Yeah. Josh yeah. believes yeah. otherwise. Yeah. There are no photos of him at his worst. He stopped having his picture taken. Like some with severe gynecomastia, he chose a drastic solution, a double mastectomy. We went to the breast surgeon who, after seeing him, said he had the largest breasts in a boy that he'd ever seen in this area and agreed to do the surgery. He had a bilateral mastectomy done, so he was off school for about six weeks. It must be a fairly traumatic surgery. It was very traumatic for him. He had double drain tubes. He had those in for a week. He had home nursing coming twice a day, but he couldn't move. He had to lay flat on his back because whenever he would move, the tubes would move and they'd be painful. They actually did reconstructive surgery. Uh, one side was bigger than the other, so they had to remove the nipple and they removed a lot of the tissue and replaced the nipples. How old was he when he had the surgery? It was two months before his 13th birthday. She's 12 years old. Almost no one ever knew why Josh was out of school those six weeks. He's one of 10,700 Risperdal patients now suing drug maker Janssen. The risks are being hidden from the public because the uh, companies want to be able to sell as much of their product as possible. Parent company Johnson & Johnson told us Risperdal has helped and is still helping millions of patients with debilitating mental illnesses and neurodevelopmental conditions as part of a comprehensive treatment plan. I've recently learned about what some of these boys have gone through. I didn't know some of them are lactating. I didn't know some have developed third breasts. And Josh was fortunate to not have to go through those steps. I think because we were diligent and caught onto it quickly and got it taken care of, but um, my heart goes out to the kids that weren't as lucky. Today, it takes a lot of guts for Josh to talk publicly about what happened to him and even more to show it. But he's done hiding his scars. About the experience, it was one that I wish I didn't have to go through. 
Um, and I hope all the other kids that are going through it um, you know, feel bad that they had to go through it too because, yeah, the company, um, I think they knew that it developed gynecomastia and, you know, to make us, all of us, go through it, you know, it's not just like it's me and a handful of other people. It's a thousand, thousands of people that are going through it. Um, so to make all of us go through it, uh, just and they knew just to make a profit, it's sickening. So again, to reiterate, the drug company's position was that, and maybe still be, that there is no correlation or connection between the breast growth in boys and the uh, the medicine, that maybe it was just coincidental that it occurs in some cases anyway. Um, also, this drug I know has people who think it's really helped their child for whatever problem it was prescribed to treat. So this is certainly not to say that the drug of it itself is to be thrown out. I'm not advocating for anything like that. But I do think once these things are more widely known, it allows a patient or a parent to have all the information they need to make a calculation as to whether this is a medicine that their child should be on. And it also enables them to look for any potential warning signs, because I don't think this happens to everybody. Uh, By no account does it happen to all people. But by the way, um, it happens to girls too, according to attorney Stephen Scheller. In girls, it may seem less traumatic that they would be developing breasts, but imagine being a four- or five-year-old child, a young girl like that, and developing adult female breasts. That's happening. All of that having been said, listen to this uh, tag or the end of the piece after I did the most recent story on Full Measure. In 2013, Johnson & Johnson paid $2.2 billion to settle a host of criminal and civil fraud claims, illegally marketing Risperdal and other drugs, paying kickbacks to doctors and nursing home pharmacies to prescribe Risperdal, knowing it posed stroke and serious risks to older patients, claiming Risperdal lessened diabetes risk, it did the opposite, Johnson & Johnson wouldn't say how much money it's made from Risperdal or how many are taking it. That's another thing I thought was interesting. When I started covering for CBS News medicine-related stories, there's a lot of information you can't get or you and I can't get in terms of what kind of money's being made, even the numbers of patients who are taking a drug or who have taken a drug. They closely hold this information for whatever reason, perhaps for competitive reasons. And one more thing I learned, the federal regulators, the government that is supposed to oversee these things for us, there are some great scientists and people who work there. Some of them have been my sources, but there are also some officials in our federal agencies who by many accounts have been co-optive or improperly influenced by the industries that they are supposed to regulate. That's another story for another time. I'm going to post both of these stories at CherylAckison.com. Look for a headline. By the time you hear this, they should be posted under a headline that says something about Risperdal, so that if you want to see the pieces, see the stories, you can. The, The original CBS News video link is gone. A lot of those stories that I did at CBS are gone now, but there's still a link to it right now surviving on YouTube. And then there is the full measure link as well. So check them out. (laughs) 
I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Check out justthenews.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Cheryl Atkinson podcast. Leave a great review, share it with your friends, and check out my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours, and all of the Just the News podcasts wherever you like to listen. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.